Praise God. Now, I am going to teach tonight, uh, and I'm going to teach about a subject that uh, I've taught about uh, starting earlier this year. Um, it is a subject that I have studied and been involved with for many, many years. Um, but earlier this year in January, the Lord quickened some thoughts to me in my mind about a particular subject that I began teaching on again in January of this year. And it seems uh, as close of business today, an even more appropriate subject to talk about in 2020. So if you have your Bibles, I would ask you to turn to the book of Job, uh, chapter number 23. And I'm going to teach tonight from a verse or a set of verses. We're going to come back to this towards the end as a set of verses that that most ministers have preached from. I'm actually going to teach from them tonight, but it is an experience and, and a proclamation made by Job that I think becomes relevant in 2020. So we're going to read Job chapter 23, verses 8 through 10. Job says, Behold... I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand. I want you to think about what Job has said there. I go forward, he isn't there. I go backward, I can't perceive him. On the left hand, where he does work, I cannot behold him. But then he says about the right hand, I cannot see him. And he hideth himself. Have you ever been in a spiritual place where everywhere you went, you couldn't see God, but then you actually thought that maybe God is hiding himself? We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. What a peril to be in. Not only not to be able to find God, but to say to yourself to think that God is hiding himself from me. If we ever felt that way, say amen. And then Job says something really amazing, and that's what I'm going to speak about today. He says, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So this evening, I would like to speak to you on this subject, gold. Now, gold is a very interesting topic. It is found in your King James Bible 415 times. Years ago, we used to talk about preachers when they would get up and they would... Everybody remember scatter preaching? Someone would just get, get up and preach about one thing and end up completely at another thing. We would say, they preach from Genesis to Revelation, right? What's interesting about gold is that I can literally, and I'm going to tonight, teach from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation about gold. And why is that? It's because gold... And write this down, has a past, it has a present, and it has a future. When we talk about gold, a lot of images begin to come into our minds. Just from a biblical perspective, I want to give you just a couple. The first time 
that you read about gold in the Bible is found in the book of Genesis chapter number 2. Actually, before the Lord looked at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone, in Genesis chapter 2, you'll find that the four rivers had come together and there's a place called Hivdalah. And the Bible says that the gold there was good. So the first mention of gold in your Bible is actually before the Lord looked at a man and said, it's not good for man to be alone. Interesting, isn't it? The next thing, and I'll bring this to your highlight, I'm not speaking about today. When the wise men came to celebrate the birth of Jesus, what did they bring? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When we read about the new heaven, when we read about the new Jerusalem, when we read about what is going to happen in the future, what do we know? That the, the new Jerusalem is going to be what? A city of gold. And guess what there's going to be? There's going to be a street made of, of gold. So gold can literally be viewed from Genesis to Revelation. It is a, a thing that God created, a metal, an element that God put on this earth. It's always been, and my brother and sister, it will always be. It made it through the flood, literally. It made it through the Tower of Babel. It made it through the birth of Christ. It made it through the crucifixion, the resurrection. Gold has made it through the entire time that the earth has been around. God decided to put this metal together. And it exists today. Gold can't be destroyed. It can be melted. It can be liquidated. It can be formed. It can be changed. But gold cannot be destroyed. I want you to think about that. Gold has an enduring quality that very few other elements that God ever put on the earth are able to maintain. The Bible is full of examples of gold, and we're going to talk a lot about that tonight, but also silver is a great Great verse, uh, several verses of the Bible about silver. Why? Because silver is an exchange metal. You buy and sell with silver, even to this day. And silver has more industrial values than gold does. But there's just something unique and obscure about this metal called gold. Why is that? What caused Roman empires to fall? The love and the pursuit of gold. We hear stories about the pirates and how they used to want to, to steal and to rob. Why? Because they wanted the gold. In our own country, we had what was called the gold rush, where people gave up everything in pursuit of this enduring High-quality, pure metal. Because in times of conflict and in times of uncertainty, in times of fear, people run to gold. It is true that gold has value. But just like anything that has value, you better be careful it doesn't get a hold of you while you're trying to get a hold of it. 
story about a man who was a, on, a, on a ship, and I don't know if it's true or not, like all these stories that preachers tell, we read them somewhere, about a man who was on a ship, and he had a bag of gold, and as the ship went into a storm and it was tossed and turned, that, that he jumped off the side to save his life, but he held on to the gold all the way down to the bottom of the sea where he died. And someone asked, I don't know if he had the gold or if the gold had him. Either way, he wasn't letting go. It's interesting when we think about these things because it's not a topic we talk about a lot, is it? Now, if you talk to me, I love talking about this subject. I've talked about it a long time, but I'm kind of a, 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 a little bit of a nerdy guy that way, I suppose. But when you think about an obsession and you're thinking about uh, an allure, something that people have followed and chased and given up everything to try to find, we're told in the Olympics to what? Go for the, the gold. Everywhere you look, there's a value that people want and they'll give up everything to be that. So anything that causes that much of an obsession must be examined and studied. And even yet today, and I won't mention a lot about this, but even yet today, in a world that is really out of control, if we're honest with ourselves, people are turned against people and markets against markets and countries against countries and governments are taking on greater amounts of debt than they ever have before, printing money like there is no end in sight and it's happening all over the world. Today, as I left the office in 2020... Gold reached and settled at an all-time high. Now you may say, Brother Hughes, what does that mean to all of us? I will tell you that the reason why these things are happening is because there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty, and when things are out of control and things are uncertain, people go to something that has a past, present, and a future. What does the Bible say? And I want to give you just a couple things that the Bible says about gold. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And I want to read there quickly. Paul in his writing says this about gold. He says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, and that foundation no man can lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any, that's verse 11. Now, if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, listen to this, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall reveal by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What do we know about gold. We know that gold, silver, and precious stones tried by fire in judgment come out to be more pure because that foundation can stand the heat. It only gets better the hotter it gets, 1,063 degrees, the hotter it gets, the purer it becomes. All of the dross can be, and you've heard this preaching before, eliminated and taken out. So the hotter it gets, the more purer it gets. 
So the works that we're doing, the foundation that we're laying need to be gold, silver, and precious stones because the other three elements put in the same place of judgment. What happens? They are consumed and burned. Why is that? It's because God's metal that he put on this earth back in the book of Genesis at the time of creation endures the test of time. It is interesting when we look at the book of First Peter that Peter says in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, and we understand this verse very well, he says that our faith, the trial of our faith, is much more precious than of gold. I wonder today when the last time you evaluated your faith. Only two times. I heard this this weekend, and I'm going to repeat it. Only two times in the New Testament does the Bible say that Jesus marveled. Only two times. Two occasions that caused Jesus to marvel about something. One was when the centurion came to him and said, My servant is sick. And the Lord said, I have not seen greater faith. The Bible says he marveled and said, I have not seen greater faith than in this man. The other time is when he was leaving Jerusalem and he said, there is unbelief. He marveled at their unbelief. So he marveled at faith and he marveled at a lack of faith. So my brother and my sister, you've all been given a measure of faith. And in 2020, you need to do an evaluation of what your faith means to you because your faith lasts longer even than a metal that lasts forever. That's why the just shall live by faith. We understand in the book of Revelation that the Lord said to the church of Laodicea, who was rich and blind at the same time, he said to them, I counsel you, I ask of you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. I want you to reach out for something that has an incredible enduring value. Something that has a past, something that has a present, and something that has a future. So, I think we've established gold has been around since the beginning of time. It has endured the flood, it has endured the fires of, of the different uh, countries and economies and everything that has gone on. It's endured during all kinds of political unrest. It's endured during plagues. It's endured during all the things, the earthquakes, everything that the Lord has allowed. It has endured. It endures today and it still has the obsession of men in 2020. But it also has a future. And futures can be uncertain. I'm like all of you, I'm adjusting to Zoom. If you would have asked me two years ago, did I understand Zoom, I would have said to you, I don't know what you mean. Now a good part of my life is spent dealing with Zoom. I don't know what two years from now I'll be doing. It might be something totally different. Self-driving cars. Watches that monitor your heart rate. Even getting now into things that can be injected to run through our veins to try to clean our veins up. 
biotechnology, human genome, all the things that are going on around in the world today. And as you look around, you think, what is certain? What is enduring? What has value? We're not into trends. We're into living for God. We're not into change. We're into a God who changes not. And so as we look around at the past, we look around at the present, and we look around at the future, we don't know what the future holds. None of us really do. We're all guessing at this point, and everyone has opinions and ideas, and we're being divided further and further apart. But I know this, that gold will have an enduring value. Brother Hughes, why are you saying all that? I'm saying it to get to the point I want to speak about. Job, a good man, a man that prayed, a man that lived the way that he was supposed to live, a man who was upright in all of his ways, a man that you would be glad to know and glad to sit around a table with and have no fear of what might be said or what his motivations might be. The Bible says that as the Lord and the adversary, Satan himself, were going back and forth about why that Job lived for God and why he did the things he did and lived the way that he did, Satan said, if you just pull it back, the hedge, then I will be able to convince him to drift away from this great life that he's living in. And we know the story from Sunday school. The messenger came said something happened and all of your herds have died. Something happened and your family was eliminated. Everything, Job, that you have, who is the wealthiest man in the world, everything that you have has been taken away. Your normality has been taken away. The way, the pattern, and the routine of your life has been taken away. Everything that you have such confidence in, the institutions, the way that you do things, Job, everything is now gone. Next thing you know, his wife comes along and they have a discussion that wasn't the most positive, didn't have a great help. Then he has three friends come by and they are going back and forth with Job and they're talking about why he should not have faith and who is the Almighty and what is the Almighty and is the Almighty knowable? I wonder if this begins to make sense to some of you. What was put together as a normal life and a regular routine that you felt awfully good about and perhaps were spiritually doing well in And 2020 has been turned upside down. Questions about church services, questions about work, questions about this, questions about that. Who do we believe? Who's telling the truth? How dangerous is this? How dangerous is that? Look at financial collapse. Look at what's happening with other countries. Some of us are even concerned about sporting events. While others are evaluating other things. Season ticket holders are scratching their head no matter what the event was, saying, my life has been unturned. It's turned around. Everything around me has changed. And Job, no different probably than anyone who's had their life turned upside down and their normality changed and their routine put out to pasture and it's all kinds of different now. 
In Job 23, he says in verse 1, Even today is my complaint bitter. Today I want to speak to some of you, and I want to tell you that what first was a reaction to what's around us has become a bit of an anger. People are edgy, people are frustrated, and people are, people are... The best message I've heard, the best teaching I heard is an elder from a church in Annapolis, and he taught at the very beginning of this... uh, Follow peace with all men, and without holiness no man shall see God. Now, we understand the last part of that verse very well. But he said, church, and his pastor had asked him to do the teaching because the elders have to be apt to teach. He's a young man, great man. He stood up and he said, I'm going to teach about following peace with all men. And I thought to myself, okay, I've heard this before. But I listened. And he said, there's four things I want to talk to you about. And this was early in March as everything was beginning. He says, follow peace at home. I thought, no problem. Follow peace at work. I thought, no problem. People get on your edge a little bit, but okay. Follow peace at church. I thought, well, we all get along when we all get to heaven. Fended a few things along the way. We all had different interactions that are kind of strange. And then he said, peace and your community. I wrote these things down. I'm a student. I take notes. I write things down. And I thought, okay, four things. Peace at home, peace at work, peace at church, and peace in the community. I thought, I'll take these words with me and I will apply them if I need them. And you know, while you're all giggling out there and smiling, and those in the front, they're giggling in the back, and those in the back, they're giggling in the front. Every one of us in our households have had to take a step back and try to find some peace. If for no other reason, you're at home a whole lot more than you were before. Right? In my office, I say to everyone, it has been the full display of human nature from people who are way out here who think no big deal to people who are scared for their lives. I'm an employer. We got employees. And I'm sitting watching this thinking, Peace at home, okay. Peace at work. Then church. And can I speak to real people for just a moment? The ministry is doing everything it possibly can. And if there has ever been a time to get around our leaders, it is today. And your pastor should have a bigger voice in your life right now than he has had even in the past. Because we are stepping out into a time when we are going to deal with flesh like we haven't dealt with before. A flesh, can I say this, that finds it just as easy to be in our pajamas at home as it is to be in the altar. And then peace in the community. We have such unrest. I took a step back and I thought, this man delivered a message that absolutely has given me a map for 2020 and beyond. Job, tell us about when life becomes irrational, when the normal stages of life have completely changed, and the place I used to go to eat, I can't go eat, and all these things go on. Tell me about life. Tell, Tell me, Job, when you lose everything, he says, my complaint is bitter. 
And people who aren't normally bitter are perhaps dealing with the bitter way they're viewing things right now. It maybe has nothing to do with that outside circumstances we're all facing. Maybe just you're in a place of, of feeling bitter. But Job said, and I'm going to begin to come to a close. Job said, at this point, as bitter and unsettled and out of the ordinary as I am, he said, I knew how to do one thing. I knew how to look for him. I knew how to look for him. I want to say that one more time. I hope you're catching this. Job, in his bitter moment, a good man who had given his life to God and done everything for God says, I knew how to look for him. And even people who know how to look for him come to a point where they say, I look to the left, I look to the right, I look in front, I look in back, I don't know where he is, I feel like he's hidden himself from me, I look where he works, I don't perceive him, I don't know what's going on. And if I can speak to real people on this Wednesday evening for just a moment, we've all been there, we've all had those moments where we could not find him. And then he says... And this is what I want to get to. But he knoweth the way that I take. Isn't that interesting? Even though you know how to look for him, he knows which way you're going to try to find him. And then he says something that I want you to highlight and circle and remember. He says, when he has tried me, not when I have found him. I want you to remember this saying of God. God is not just in the business of giving you everything you want. God is not just in the business of handing things out to people. There are times in even the best people's lives who have lived, in a, lived a life that was righteous and good and everything he did was really exemplary. There are peep times in people like that's lives when he tries them. But then he says, then he says, I shall come forth as gold. Now, I want you to write something else down. This is teaching night, right? I want you to write this down. You're always coming forth. Don't ever forget that. When the adversary says, give up, give in, turn around, there's no use, you remind the devil, I'm coming forth. When you feel like you're in the pit and you can't get out, remind yourself, I'm coming forth. Every time someone discourages you, tell them, tell your wife, tell your spouse, tell whoever, I'm coming forth. Whenever your back is against the wall, you've got to remind yourself, I'm coming forth. There never is a time, whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, that you're not coming forth because God has us moving forward all the time. We sometimes don't see it. We sometimes don't feel it. We sometimes don't know it. But God is moving us forward all the time. Job says, and I know I'm coming up to a conclusion here. I know I need to. Job says, when I come forth, when I get through this, I'm going to come forth 
as gold. Now, why, why, Job, would you say that? He could have said, I'm going to come back as the greatest house I ever built or the most productive vineyard I ever planted or I'm going to come forth as the greatest herd I ever established or I'm going to come forth as the greatest uh, uh, field that I ever made sure that my flocks had. I, 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 he could have said anything because Job, the wealthiest man in the world, knew what had enduring value that had a past, a present, and a future. And he said, when I come out of this, I'm going to come out as someone who had a past. Thank God I'm saved. He has a present. I'm here available and usable for the kingdom of God today and a future that says, for God I'll live and for God I'll die. The world can change. My normality can change. Everything around me can change. But I am going to come forward as someone with a future. He didn't say, I'm going to come forth as a king. He didn't say, I'm going to come forth as a prophet. He didn't say, I'm going to come forth as some person who has a unique spiritual gift. He said, I'm going to come forth as something that God put on this earth that has endured the test of time. My brother and my sister, when I am in the pulpit tonight looking out of all of you, I want to tell you I'm looking at gold. I'm looking at people who have an enduring value. I'm looking at people who have, thank God, been washed away our sins and we've been delivered and set free we've had a past and we ought not to we ought not to come to the place where we ever fail to stand up and give God a praise for the fact that he delivered us turned us around saved us and put us on the right path I've got a present you've got value in 2020 you are meaningful for God you are meaningful in the kingdom if you're down look up if you're depressed be encouraged if you feel left out jump in I'm telling you why because you are going to come forth as gold and you have present value and the future is this the future is this as saints of God as we come forward having enduring qualities that stand the test of time people on the outside in the world, not in the church. You know, we used to say it this way. We used to say, people in the world want what you've got. And that's true. But as we continue to come forth as gold and humble ourselves under the refining fire and continue in our lives to live for God and we're constantly coming forth, people don't want just what you've got. They want who you are. And I want to encourage you with that today. People are looking around out here for some kind of an answer. Jesus said there are going to be many voices in the last days. And if there's ever been many voices, it's today. People are looking for ideas. They're looking for data. They're looking for the newest thing. What is human beings and, and how are we? And all, people are looking everywhere. You know what they're not looking for? They're not looking for people who are sloppily trying to live for God and in and out. No, no. They're looking for people who just like 
Job. They just continually were coming forth and continually allowing God to do great work. And the longer you allow God to work in your life, the purer you become. And God has to, you know, the old, the old, uh, I remember this sermon so many times, the old me that's still in me, the, uh, the old you that God still has to ring out of you every once in a while that still comes up, driving down the road, haven't thought about someone for five years, but they made you angry five years ago. And that bitterness springs right back up in your, I'm preaching to real people right now. You know what I'm talking about. Someone who did you wrong. And the next thing you know, you're about to have your car on the side of the road because you're so angry at what they said five years ago. That old us, that is still in us, that God is constantly trying to wring out of us. That's how we come forth as gold. And just like people gave up everything to find that quartz in the granite, I recently toured a gold mine, and if you would go down, you'd find the line of the quartz and the granite, and finally it would come to a place where the quartz and the granite met, and that's where you would find gold. But it wasn't without two different things meeting together and there being heat. Sometimes you and God have to align, and he has to put on some heat. And when he does, that is when the gold begins to shine. So Job, in 2020, I'm looking back to what you said about God, what God was going to do. And in 2020, I can report to you that gold today is just as exciting and people have just as much of an obsession in 2020 on July, I think it's the 29th, as they did back when Job said, when I come forward, I'm going to come forward as gold. There's an old song we used to sing, when I walk up the streets of gold. And that same element makes it all the way to heaven. My brothers and my sisters, we are being refined and being made into gold. Let's stand if we could for prayer.